Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, August the 1st, and our top story today is that two young men have died in a crash on the A20 in Farningham. The car they were in collided head-on with a van at around four o'clock yesterday afternoon. Two men in the van were taken to hospital and the road was closed for several hours. Well, it's the second fatal crash on Kent's roads in as many days. Yesterday, we told you how a 20-year-old man died and three others were injured in Ashford. Well, Lucy joins me now and tributes have been paid to a local man, Lucy. Yes, the man who died when a car crashed into a roundabout on Badmont's Rifle Road has been named as Matty Tabaka. As we told you in yesterday's episode, emergency crews were called after the VW Golf he was in left the road in the early hours of Sunday. Matty was a passenger in the car, while three other young men in the vehicle were seriously injured and taken to hospital. And messages have been left on socials, haven't they? They have one person posted on Facebook saying, I can't believe this has happened. May you rest in peace, Matty Tabaka. Another put, rest in peace, Matty. You truly were one of a kind, a precious soul, love you always. And others have described him as a lovely lad who had the purest soul. Lucy, thank you ever so much. Our thoughts are very much with all of those involved in those collisions. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a man who killed a dad of five before dumping his body in a wheelie bin in Medway has lost an appeal against his conviction. George Knights attacked Stephen Chapman after luring him to his home on Dells Road in Rochester in October 2020. He was 18 at the time and was told he'd serve a minimum of 23 years after being found guilty of murder. It's emerged a man who died in a crash during a police chase in Margate had extremely high levels of methamphetamine in his blood. 23-year-old Taylor Perkins was driving an Audi which failed to stop for officers before hitting a bus on Spitfire Way in August last year. It was referred to the police watchdog, but an inquest has heard no action was taken against the force. Now, police have released a picture of a man they want to question after a railway worker was punched at a station in Gravesend. The suspect is said to have been thrown out of the station after jumping the ticket barriers. You can follow Kent Online on socials to see the image. KFC in Sittingbourne has been criticised for refusing to allow teenagers in at the weekend. Staff are asking for ID on the door and under 18, so are not accompanied by an adult, aren't allowed. It follows reports of antisocial behaviour in the town. KFC has been contacted for a response. Now, next today, an Kent farmer has been telling the podcast about the impact thefts are having on him and other farmers in the county. It comes as stats show it cost £1.9 million last year. That's up 37% compared to 2021. Well, I've been speaking to Stephen Jones, who owns a farm in Harville near Mepham. The real problem is it's rarely big stuff, although I know people who have had big stuff stolen, particularly the satellite steering gear and that sort of stuff that they go, they go nick because that's a lot of money. But it's mostly in little bits, which end up, by the time you do your, 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 your insurance, you don't get paid out for because you've got a bigger excess than that. So it's all, I mean, gates are a real pain and electric fence equipment and they, they go in dribs and drabs and just keep going all the time. And what on earth would be the incentive to take something like that? Uh, because they can sell it. And that's, that's where the real bother comes is people are willing to buy it. Uh, I mean, even though we, we put all over, we've got our postcode burnt into it and all that sort of stuff, as we do with gates now, it's all there. 
but people will still buy them. So where are they selling it? Because presumably, as you say, you, you've got them quite well signed and people would know it was from your property. Do you know much about how, how these things are changing hands and who's buying this sort of stuff? Well, so, uh, actually, a fair bit of it goes abroad. But but mostly on on the gates and that sort of stuff, it's just used by people with you know horsey people will will like electric fence engine energizers, um the batteries off those just go in the scrap so they'll get a tenner for a battery for scrap, um gates some of them go in the scrap because they're actually quite heavy metal, um but a lot of them are used again, um we try and paint them up to make them look horrible it's a bit of a pain because you hang very nice new galvanised gates, and then you have to slap pink paint or something over them to try and slow it down. Um, and that does help a bit. Um, the real bother is they're so easy to take because they're they're not next to anybody. They're gates to fields. They're in the middle of nowhere, and they just go out with a cordless angle grinder, cut the hinges, and away they go. Do you think police are doing enough to try and track these people down? I mean, it's very difficult for them. I would not in any way take issue with the police they do their best they they come around they try and advise us on stuff but unfortunately most of this stuff is out of sight and and things like electric fence they're portable um it's very easy now where where um sheep and cattle have a higher value and particularly sheep we're, we're losing sheep people are taking them do you think any of this is linked to the cost of living crisis? We all know how people have been affected, but to actually be taking livestock, that seems pretty extreme to me. No, it's not linked to that at all, no. No, there are there are bad people about all the time, whether, you're, whether people are feeling rich or people are feeling poor. There are people who will just steal things. And sometimes you look at the amount of work they do to steal something, you think, if you were just doing a proper job, You'd be earning a lot more money. They will, they will, they will do so much work to get something of little value, and and of course, so often too, if they steal a gate, though, that's a hundred and fifty quid for a gate, but they'll get five or six pound for it in the scrap. And you think, why don't you just knock on my door and I'll give you a tenner and don't steal my gate? What do you think can be done, Steve? It seems that every time we report on this story, the figures have gone up again. Uh, probably you'll end up with a lot more farmers packing up. People are being thieved out of business um, and people are being hurt. And that's, so it's, it's got to the stage where there's no point in having anything good. We, we we would always have bought a good chainsaw because we have you know trees to cut back and that you know hedges to sort and lay and that sort of stuff. But you can't do that now because they'll steal it. We have to go and buy a cheap one because that way it doesn't get stolen. We've had over the years we've had four quads. We have never sold one. They always get stolen. So now we don't have a quad, despite the fact it would be very useful to our business. We don't have one because one it will get stolen, but two. We can't afford the insurance for a quad now. It's huge. Andrew Chalk is from NFU Mutual, who released the data. He's been speaking to our reporter, Dan Bishoner. So firstly, would you be able to just tell me about the rise? Yeah, so according to NFU Mutual claims data, uh, the cost of rural crime in Kent has risen 37%, nearly £2 million in 2022. Why is there such a big rise? Um, so there are a number of factors behind the rise in these figures. Um, one of them is the fact that we exited lockdown in 2021 and we've seen a, a steady rise in crime since then. So there's been more opportunity for criminals to get out and about and actually, you know, target the countryside. Um, another factor is inflation. Each crime is costing more money nowadays. Um, machinery costs more. 
and there's supply chain issues as well, which is creating these illicit markets. Um, particularly in Europe, we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of equipment stolen to order um, and then being shipped off to Europe from farmers. And the equipment, what specifically is is being taken and being targeted? Um, so there's a number of things. It's um, you know trailers, so livestock trailers and other trailers that farmers use um, day in day out. Um, livestock as well. There's there's a lot of theft of livestock. So you know be it sheep or, or cows or um, whatever it might be. Um, and also GPS devices. So um, these are bits of kit that are really important to farmers. Um, they, they basically map fields out. So both for farming their own farms and also when they're doing contracting work for others, um, all of all of their um, their routes are stored within these GPS devices and they can be worth 10, 20,000 pound a piece. Um, so there's a really big market for these, again, especially abroad. Um, and they're being stolen to order by criminals, um, organized criminal gangs, mostly. What effect is this having on the farmers? Um, so obviously there's there's disruption and there's um, financial impact behind each theft. So farmers are covered by their insurance, but um, you know it might disrupt if they have a piece of equipment that they need to carry out their farming duties and it gets stolen on a Wednesday. They might not be able to do any farming for you know the, the rest of the week or something while they source a replacement. Now those delays can be really really important, especially during harvest time or other times where you know farmers can't afford to stop. They're being stopped from doing their job. Um, beyond that is also a massive personal cost as well. So farmers don't just work their land, they live on their land as well. And the knowledge that, um, you know, their properties, their houses are being scoped out by thieves who are looking to, you know, steal their valuable equipment can be incredibly stressful. We know um, from farmers telling us that that is quite a big um, drain on mental health. And finally, what sort of support and advice is there for, for the farmers? Farmers do work together to help themselves. Um, lots of them are part, uh, members of uh, Farm Watch and Rural Watch schemes. So they share um, advice and information with each other to help protect themselves from thefts um, as far as they possibly can um, as well as that we do offer some discounts at nfu mutual on certain equipment so for example trackers immobilizers on things like land rovers and other agricultural machinery um, and incentives to help people get um, you know pin protection and, um, and tracking devices for things like gps devices um, so all of that can help bring down the cost and bring down the um, the chances of being you know a victim of rural crime but ultimately, um, criminals are very determined, they're organised and they're very sophisticated, especially considering, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and sometimes there's nothing farmers can do. Kent Online reports. A man and woman have been arrested on suspicion of child neglect at Canterbury East Railway Station. Police were called after southeastern staff and passengers raised concerns about the way children on a train were being treated. Social services have been contacted and the children have been taken to a safe place. Two men found dealing drugs in Dartford have been jailed for a total of more than nine years. The pair were found with more than a 1,000 wraps of heroin and crack cocaine, said to be worth nearly 20 £24,000. Officers also recovered mobile phones when they searched a property in Orchard Street. Teenagers are being blamed for toilets in Tenterden being trashed for the second time in two months. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of the damage at the facilities near the recreation ground. It has been reported to police and local bosses say they want whoever did it charged with criminal damage. Now, the man in charge of the county council in Kent is facing a leadership challenge from one of his own backbenchers. Westmoreland Rep Councillor Harry Rayner says he wants to stand against Roger Goff. Now, it's understood other Conservative councillors have been concerned about cuts at the local authority as it looks to find £86 million worth of savings. Well, our local democracy reporter Simon Finley broke this story and has been telling me more. Well, it appears that um, one of the backbenchers, a guy called um, Harry Rayner, Councillor Harry Rayner, has 
um, told the leader at a group conservative meeting that he intends to mount a leadership challenge. It came at the end of the group meeting on Friday afternoon in the cabinet room at County Hall. And um, I think the, the leader, who was right beside Councillor Rayner at the time, was rather shocked and um, but was quite polite in reply. And uh, and he says he he Councillor Rayner says that he's got the numbers to uh, mount this leadership challenge, but whether he actually does or not will actually will remains to be seen. Was this quite a surprise? Obviously, the leader himself was quite surprised. Were you surprised to hear this? Um, not really, because there's been a few sort of mumblings and grumblings in the background for the last sort of few months that I I've, I've been hearing anyway. And uh, but that's not unusual when you've got a very large majority in a in a, a county council um, and you've got 60 members, you know, when you've got a, a huge majority, there's always going to be sort of internal factions and little groupings and, and cliques of people who are maybe not necessarily very happy with what's going on. But the one thing that seems to be binding most of the backbenchers at the minute is um, the, the, the possibility that, you know, these recycling centres or local tips being closed, it seems to be the things that the people are bringing up time and time again on the doorstep, as is um, the, the 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 issue of potholes. I mean, who hasn't driven around the the, the highways and byways of Kent and not been troubled by uh, by congestion for a start? And secondly, um, you know, running over potholes or trying to avoid them everywhere. But of course, a huge amount of pressure on the authority at the minute because they've got to find a lot of savings, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the other part of the problem is that um, there's a lot of disagreement within the backbenchers about how those savings might be found. They think that tip closures and 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 maybe just shutting children's centres is not necessarily the best way of doing it. One suggested to me yesterday that uh, perhaps there should be a freeze on staff wages and, and no pay increases. That that might be one way of doing it. Um, whether that would ever transpire is, is another matter. Kent Online reports. Wines and spirits could cost you more from today thanks to a new tax system. A freeze on alcohol duty brought in during the pandemic is coming to an end. But there's a new draft relief which will reduce the tax on some beers and ciders. Work's starting to install ultra-fast broadband in Folkestone and Hythe. Openreach say it'll take up to 18 months before the majority of homes and businesses can access it, but they do say it'll provide more reliable connectivity with fewer faults and consistent speeds. Two former soldiers have been telling us about their plans to create a drop-in centre for military veterans in Headcorn. Stuart Roberts and Adam Francis also want to build a specially adapted workshop on land off Lenham Road to teach motor mechanic skills. Well, Adam lost both of his legs in an explosion while serving in Afghanistan and has been telling us more. The new facility is, for someone like me, very important. Um, working in a workshop environment can sort of come up with all sort of um, difficulties and issues with sort of air cables and toolboxes, trip hazards, uh, machinery and that kind of stuff. So the, the purpose-built workshop, um, we're going to do away with all stuff like airlines, put more space between ramps, um, safer working areas. Uh, so not just myself, so there can be other veterans, either able-bodied or disabled like I am, in wheelchairs, um, able to work more safely, uh, conveniently. And then upstairs, we're going to have a, a drop-in centre that's got um, a, a working area for people doing CVs, um, interview skills, 
but more importantly I think is the space for veterans to get together and and talk about what's going on, talk about their issues, um, and just talk with people that know through experience what they're going through uh, and vent. But um, we'd also have a, a full-time on-site mental health um, nurse that's going to be reactive to help out people coming through the door with mental health issues and and so on. Two men from Sittingbourne who started cooking burgers in their back garden have now expanded into a second pub. Chris Pickup and Mike Sproston set up the Grumpy Dad's Grill during the pandemic and have appeared at festivals and events across the country. They started serving food at Miller's Bar in Milton and have now expanded to the Warden Bay pub near Laysdown. Now, fingers crossed, if the skies stay clear tonight, you might well see a supermoon. It'll be closer than normal to Earth, making it appear up to 14% bigger and 30% brighter. There's also another supermoon at the end of the month, which will be known as a blue moon. And a Kent-based circus have finally confirmed they were the ones who trained Harry Styles to walk across a high wire for his latest music video. Santa's Circus prepared the former 1D star to shoot the stunt for Track Daylight in Gravesend in May last year. Bosses say he was really easygoing, lovely to everybody and very professional. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and Kent get their one-day cup campaign underway later. The Spitfires are travelling to take on the Yorkshire Vikings. They'll be hoping to bounce back from some disappointing form in the T20 Blast and County Championship. We will have details of the result on the website and also on our sister radio station, KMFM, tomorrow morning. And in football, Gillingham are sending a younger side to take on Sittingbourne in a pre-season friendly later. It's the final one before the League Two campaign gets underway on Saturday. Kick-off this evening is at 7.45. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads Plus. You can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.